Heavenly Father, that is indeed what we say tonight. Lord, I pray that everyone in this room, that would be a decision that they've either made or are making or are about to make tonight. That we have decided to follow you. Lord, that we love you, our Lord and our Savior, our God and our King. No turning back. No turning back. Amen. You guys can take a seat. Thank you, Ben. Well, hello. How are you tonight? My name is Bryden. Hello. And uh, I get the amazing privilege of uh, starting out a new series tonight on I Have Decided. And uh, it really is an honor for me. Um, for those of you who don't know me, uh, I used to be on staff at, uh, at Life Church, but I have been um, away. The prodigal son is returning tonight. So I'm a little bit nervous, actually. I haven't done it for a while. Um, but it's going to be good. So I have decided. That's what we're talking about tonight. Tonight, the message is, is really simple because the message of Jesus is really simple, right? There's not a lot to it. That um, God loves us and we can accept that love and uh, love him in return. Basically, that's why we're here, right? And... Um, I have decided, a lot of people treat their relationship with God, you know, as a one-time thing where, I don't know, I, I, I buy a house and I've got a nice bathroom and I need a nice piece of artwork for my bathroom, so I go to the market and I buy this sick-looking picture, I don't know what it is, and then I hang it up on my, my wall and I just look at it and go, that's nice, that's good. Every time someone comes to my house, I'm like, check it out. Look at my piece of artwork, and that's really good. And it just sits there. And Jesus is kind of like this thing where we've, we've been there, done that, got the T-shirt, what's next for me. But God is, our relationship with God is not a one-time thing, but every day, every minute, the, the breath we breathe. Um, I was um, really sick. I actually still am a little bit crook. You can probably tell, but... Um, I was really sick last weekend. Actually, I played, then went straight home to bed. Um, played, played in the band. I play music. And um, anyway, I really like custard, if those of you who know me. And uh, when I'm sick, I especially like custard. And uh, so I went to the shop, and I bought um, a big one liter of custard. Anthony knows. Anthony was my flatmate. He knows. And... Um, Man, I I chewed through that while I sucked it or whatever I did. And um, where am I going with this? The thing being, you, you, you're wondering the same thing. But um, once I've had that custard, it's not like I've had that, been there, done that. What's next? I want more custard. I, I want more, you know. And my relationship with God is not something I've just done once, been there, done that. But it's something every day, I want more of you, God. I want more of you. Once is not enough. I've, I've been there, done that. But every day, God, I want more. And it's a posture where we're leaning into God. And uh, I think more than a one-time decision, we can either choose to lean in to God or pull back from God. Each day we have an opportunity to make decisions to say, God, I want to give you everything today. God, I want to give you my whole life, everything I have, everything I am, and lean into God and what he has for us, or lean back, decide 
no, I'm not really that keen. I'm not really into it. And I think a lot of the times we don't really, let me read this for you. We don't really decide to lean back from God, but it's the act of not deciding. I've written the act of not deciding to walk towards God in itself can be the act of walking away from God. In a sense, the act to not decide is to decide. You know, when other things become a priority in our life, when we put our schedule so full, so crammed with so many other things that God kind of just slips out the back door. Oh, that quiet time that I would have, suddenly I'm, I'm really tired and I don't have time for that. that. That time that I would spend in prayer, suddenly, oh, you know, I'm really running late for everything else. And unless we're leaning in, a posture of leaning into God, we kind of just lean out the back door at times. Um, I first became a Christian at a very young age. Um, I remember being uh, about three and a half, I don't know why I say half, something three, four or something. And and I I remember um, leaning down beside my bed and and praying that, that God would come into my heart come into my life. But the funny thing about that is, is that um, I'd actually prayed the same prayer a couple of weeks before, and uh, I was just praying it again because I wanted to make sure that I wasn't going to hell, you know. I, I didn't want any of that uh, hell, hell, hell no. Uh, but I wanted the, the, the heaven with the white um, bath robes and crunchy bars and all that sort of stuff. That was my jam. And so really... My my first step into faith, into Christianity, was just, I don't want to go to hell. And, and I, I guess I have to follow God if I want to do that. But as I grew, I grew to know God and to, to love God. And there's this, there's this beautiful passage in the Bible. There's a guy called Enoch. And I, who knows Enoch? Enoch was in the Old Testament. And um, it just says this beautiful phrase, Enoch walked with God. That's all it says. We don't really know anything about him except that Enoch walked with God. And, and I decided that is, that is what I want to do. That is so beautiful. I just, if nothing else, I want to walk with God. I want to lean in and I want my posture. I have decided, but I want to decide every day that I will walk with God. I remember experiencing God's presence for the first time. I remember starting to minister to my school friends. We'd have, uh, you know, um, like um, uh, public speaking, uh, speeches, speeches in class. And I remember standing up to speak and preaching on the good news of Jesus and the purpose in life that can be found in Jesus. I remember we started up uh, prayer ministries at at our school. Um, Me and my mates, we'd just start start meeting together, praying for our high school that, that people would become Christians and saved. And I actually got us kicked out of the place we were meeting because I, I told the head of the department um, as a joke that we're doing chess club. And so he kicked us out. And so then we meet on the school fields and... Um, Anyone who who wanted prayer, we would just we would just pray together, and people would walk up and go, "What's going on?" Like, oh, just come have some drugs. Just do no, we always said, "No, we're praying, man. Do you need prayer for anything? Can we pray for you?" And 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 God would start to minister into these people's lives. I remember throwing Nirvana CDs around our school fields because my mate became a Christian and decided he no longer wanted to listen uh, to his music collection, and and all these things were happening. I remember um, 
these dreams of, of seeing people healed, seeing people set free. I remember seeing a, a, a vision of me getting to preach on a stage like this, telling people about Jesus. And all these things were happening, but the only reason that they were happening and the only thing that really mattered in all of that was, God, I just want to walk with you. God, I just want to know you and I want to love you. I remember learning to carve out time in prayer, praise, and reading the word. Desperate to hear from God, crying out for more of God. And I want to ask you the question tonight, not what are you doing for God, not how successful is your ministry to people, not how much do people know you love Jesus and how much are you sharing the gospel, but just a simple question of do you love God? What is your life like with God when nobody's around, when nobody can see you? Uh, What does it look like when it's just you and God, nobody else? One of my favorite dudes in the Bible, his name is David. And um, I love David. It says about David, David was a man after the heart of God. Before David was Saul. And Saul was the opposite. Saul did everything to please people. He'd put on these massive parties and he'd sacrifice all these cows and sheep and, and, and goats and, and, and look how good I am. Look, look how much I love God because I'm sacrificing all these things. And God said, I don't want that. I just want your heart. What are you like when no one's around, when no one's watching? But David was the opposite. You see, we see in um, 1 Samuel 16, that God wanted to replace Saul with someone new who did have God's heart. And so Saul went to, we know the story, a lot of us went to um, the town of Bethlehem to Jesse's family. And he lines up all the sons of, of Jesse, one by one, from the eldest to the youngest. And the first one comes, and he's a, he's a warrior, he's a champion, he's a good dude, man. And even the prophet Samuel says, you know, this is the dude, this is the guy. And God says, no, he doesn't have the heart. And then the next guy comes along and um, he's got the fashion credit of Paul Bennett's and he looks really good and he's the man. And again, God says, no, I don't care about that stuff. I'm looking for the heart. And while all this is happening, David is out in the field, oblivious to all what's going on, just spending time with God, giving God his full heart, his full attention, leaning in. I have decided, it's not just a one-time decision, but every day we have an opportunity, we have a choice to lean in to God. I want to read some of the Psalms that, that David, not the whole Psalms, but just a few verses. First one, Psalm 73. He says this, Whom have I in heaven but you? This is David talking about God and earth. Yes, and earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Psalm 63, 1. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. And one, one more, I love this one. Psalm 27, verse 4. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. 
Don't you love that? You can just just get this sense that regardless of what everyone else is doing, uh, he doesn't really care. His heart is just set on God, set on the things of God, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all my days of all the days of my life. It cracks me up because so much we sitting in church going, man, I cannot wait for this to be over. Oh man, they're playing that song again. You know that song. Ah, oh, flip, not this guy preaching, not this guy MC, not this guy doing whatever. David's going, I'm so pumped to be here, man. If I could just do this all day, every day, instead of having to go to work and do stuff, if I could just stay in the presence of God in the church, in God's house, man, that would be the dream. How much do we appreciate what God has given us? that we can meet together, that we can be in this place. David's saying, oh, that I could just dwell in the house of God all of my days to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. You know what I, I love about David is David did so many amazing things. You know, he killed Goliath, the, the, the big giant and the big giant. He just, he just killed that big giant that one time. And he, he did so many amazing things, but his heart was set on God. And for me, if it's what I have decided, yeah, I want to do, I have big dreams, man. I'm sure a lot of you have big dreams for your life, things that you want to do, places you want to go, things you want to see. But more than any of that, I just want Jesus. And really, if we're going to bring it back to something, let's just be in love with God. And it's a very simple message tonight. And I, I no, I don't apologize. If you were looking for something extremely intelligent and thought out, but really, God just wants our heart. And um, that's my, my challenge. As the um, panel wants to come up, I just want to close with this. This is an amazing verse I love. Um, Revelation 3.15. We don't hear it much. It's pretty challenging. This is God talking to one of the churches. He says, I know your deeds, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you're lukewarm, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are rich here, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so that you can become rich and white clothes to wear so that you can cover your shameful nakedness and put salve on your eyes so you can see. Here, God is speaking to this church who thinks they have everything together. Man, they've sorted it, man. They're greeters. Oh, they have the best greeters in town. Like, you go to that church and you feel welcome, man. You walk in and it's like, wow. And, uh... Flip, the air conditioning is like just right. Man, you, you go to that church, it's never too hot, never too cold. Oh, have you heard about that? It's a dream. But God says, I don't care about that stuff. And, and man, in life we, we, we do take pride in, in excellence and doing things well, but at the end of the day, it's about the heart. It's about the heart, it's about the inside, it's about who we are. And a, a love for God with all of our lives. And my challenge is that what does it look like for you as an individual and for us as a church when nobody's watching? When there's no one around to say, wow, you're so good at praising God. 
wow, you're so holy, you're so good. That we can have a heart that is just after God, that just loves him. I have decided to follow him. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. I'm still, am I there now? Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Hey, welcome to tonight's Life Talk panel. If I can just encourage you, you know, this is an interactive session. These guys would love to answer your questions. So please text through the number that will hopefully appear on the screen. Um, and we'll do our best to answer it. Um, but I'll just introduce you to the panel. Obviously, we have Bryden over here who just gave us a Great challenge, which is awesome. And then we have Kimberly and Alex next to me. Um, and I'm Joe. for those of you that don't know me. Um, and if we can just kick into that, that first um, bit that you kind of wrapped up at the end, but you mentioned it earlier on as well, Bryden. And you said, you know, what does it look like in the quiet place when nobody else is around? So for you three that are up here tonight, time to lay it all bare and expose your vulnerability to everyone that's here. What does a private walk with God look like day by day for you? I think that's quite hypocritical, to be honest, because, you know, you're, you're talking about your private walk with God, and then all of a sudden it's like, hey, this is what I do privately, you know? Yeah, um, at least two hours a day. Yeah, yeah. I just, you know, I just play drums in front of everyone, you know? It's just, it's just my passion. No, but um, um, in all seriousness, I, like, I play drums, and that's a very practical element of worship, but in that I'm not really connecting with God because I'm focusing on the drums, you know? I, I give that to God, and I give you know, the performance to God and say, you know, guide me and help me to express my, myself through worship, and like with drums and everything. But at the time, I'm not actually connecting with God personally. So I really try to um, use my, my personal private moments to kind of connect with God more. And I really like the verse, um, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18, I think it is, um, which is rejoice always, pray continually. Um, and Carl's mentioned that whole pray continually thing a few times. And Back when, like, when I was younger, I always thought, pray continually, like, what? Thanks, God, that I'm in the shower. This is going real good. You know, this bowl of cereal is real mint, and I'm getting dressed real well today. You know, that, it, it doesn't, it, like, pray continually sounds ridiculous. But then Carl pointed out that, no, there's a difference between pray continuously and pray continually. Um, and so it's just finding moments to thank him and, you know, rejoice always, pray continually. Just finding moments to thank him for everything. You know, if I've got a pri- private um, moment at work, or I'm, um, you know, biking to work or something, just finding things to thank him for, because there's always things to thank him for. Um, yeah, it's just about kind of being continually thankful rather than trying to constantly find something. It's just taking each moment and, yeah, capitalizing on that, I guess. Yeah. I would love to say that I read my Bible every day for, like, two hours and pray, but I don't. Um, sometimes I do. Like, you know, I have different seasons. Sometimes you find the time and, you know, you're really stuck into your reading the Word or whatever. But um, like you said, it's just being continually like thinking about God and just involving him. Um, it's not necessarily prayer as in like, oh, Lord, I pray this. But it's just walking beside him and, you know, whatever's going on rather than, okay, you're sick, rather than thinking, oh, maybe I should go to the doctor or maybe this. Yeah, go to the doctor, but talk to God about it. Or if you've got an issue at home or an issue wherever, just involve God in it or, you know, because he wants to walk with you. He knows what's going on, but... He wants you to talk to him about it. So just, yeah, for me, it's just really trying to talk to him and involve him in my life, um, yeah, every step of the way, and try to read the Bible more. <clears throat> yeah, I think for me, like, so there's that side where you're walking with God and you're always communing with God. 
for me, I, I have to have something like locked in as well, like a, um, because I'm I'm not going to pray about some things in my life if I just do it, you know, when I'm thinking about it. There's some things that I just wouldn't do. So there are times where I have probably first thing in the morning I have locked in like, no, this is time, like to to do business and um, read the word and stuff as well. So would you say then that? At times, it is simply the fact that you've made a choice. It's not actually just a, an overflow of the desire to be closer to Jesus, but it's actually just you've made that commitment to set aside that time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, for years, I, I just struggled with the thing, do I love God? Because I'm not like a lovey-dovey person. I'm like, do I really love God? But then my life actually reflected it more than my emotions. I had decided, no, I'm going to read his word. I'm going to pray. I'm... I'm, I'm, I'm going to draw near to God. And even if I don't like feel in love with God, I do love God. And, and that was part of it, making a decision to follow him. And does it get easier? Like, is it something that if you're struggling to feel the desire to be close to God or to spend that time with God, like what are some keys that you guys have found to be able to help you to choose to do that? And then does it get easier the more you do it? I like what Jono said this morning. Um, you can't fast-track your relationship with God. That, that's actually a really good point. You can't, you know, just hope that it's going to get better by, you know, praying for three hours in one day and then not for the next year. You know, that, it's, it's like, you know, trying to get fit or trying to get, you know, work out or something. If you just go to the gym for four hours a day and then neglect it for the next year, you're not going to, you know, you're just going to be dead the next day and then, you know, it's kind of going to be all over from there. Um, but if you kind of start working at it every day and just, um, yeah, like setting aside time for specific things, like if you don't read the Bible as much as you want to, maybe just, you know, read a chapter a day. There's the, um, the version Bible app that like shows your Bible verse every single day. If you just read that and that's it, then that's awesome. You know, that's better than not reading the Bible at all. It's just about, yeah, continuous effort. You know, it's like any other habit. If you want a relationship to grow, then you've got to put time into it. What about those times when, you start out with all the best intentions and you start the day right and then it just turns into one of those awful, terrible, no good, very bad days. How do you climb back from that? I mean, you know, if we, lose, if we use the gym analogy, oh, I missed the gym once, oh, well, there's no point going, I'll never be fit. How do you actually get past that, those failures or those days where you feel like actually you're not good enough or you haven't done the right thing? Um, James talks a lot about uh, James chapter two, faith versus works, and it's really it's really hard. Even in this conversation, you know, we've gone from talking about loving God and, and devotion to, you know, like a rigid discipline. And there's like these tensions where uh, uh, if we love God, we would do what He commands, but His command is to love. And there's like this. Oh, it's not about what I do, but what I do affects who I am, and what who I am will determine what I do. And and, and so there's this like the chicken or the egg, you, you know. And so we have a, a bad day and we don't spend time with God. Is God mad at us or angry? Well, no, but we desire. There's a deep desire to draw near to Him, and so that's why we're doing it. So if we can keep sight of the bigger picture of God, I love you, and I, I want to know you more, then God's not angry at us for a day we didn't read the Bible, you know, but um, we, we genuinely desire to, does that kind of, I don't know if that answers anything. And I think as well that 
there's a kind of, maybe it's just me, but a common misconception that we are constantly almost fighting to be with God, whereas he's with us. It's up to us to realize that he's with us. Like, we're, it's not like some, like, two-way fight where we're trying to get in line with what he's teaching. It's where he, he's our friend. You know, he, he wants to be with us. It's He's coming alongside us on this journey. It's not like we're climbing a mountain to sit on the top of the mountain with this dude with a bushy beard, you know. We're actually trying to or he's, he's, you know, he's the Sherpa, you know, he's helping us up the mountain. He's, he's not at the top of the mountain sitting there. So if, if we are constantly thinking, oh, I'm not good enough, I'm never going to be good enough, then we're never going to reach the top of the mountain. It's um, the fact that he's actually climbing the mountain with us, I think. Yeah, that's awesome. So have you guys got any examples, just to switch it, switch it up a little bit, around times where you know that you've had opportunities to minister to others that have come directly out of a time where you've intentionally chosen to spend time with God? I don't think, I don't have any specific examples, but I guess the more connected you are to God, the more likely you're going to work out, work out, you're going to live out his values. And, you know, the things that you find in the Bible, if the more you're reading or the more you're spending time with God, the more you're like in tune, I guess, with his way. And so you're going to spot those opportunities more. Whereas if you're not, well, that's what I find anyway, if I'm not kind of close with God in that moment, then I can go weeks without spotting a moment or anything. But as soon as I read the word, I'm like, oh, of course, God, that's what you want me to do. So I think it's just being, yeah, it comes out of that. If you're loving God and following him, then those moments, they're they're always there. It's just you'll spot them maybe more. So we're just about out of time, but just one final thing to throw out there. For anyone here who might be thinking, well, what's what's the kicker? What's the selling point? How... What, what is the one thing you would say to somebody to encourage them to make that decision to follow Jesus and to spend time with them? No pressure. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> I think there's almost nothing you can say because words don't mean anything from humans. You know, God, God does the work. So if anything, it's, it's, you know, actions speak louder than words. So it's what you're doing rather than what you're saying. Like I, I have a... Um, a kind of small group of high school friends who I'm still friends with. And um, recently one of them took his own life. Um, and obviously that was really hard. But they, I've always been the only Christian in that group of friends. And um, they have noticed that my faith has kind of stayed strong throughout the years. And, you know, spending more time with them kind of, you know, does lead you, lead you down paths of, you know, making some wrong decisions and everything. But the fact that I've kind of stuck true to that, is kind of more powerful than what I've said. Sure, I've, I've, you know, done apologetics with them and argued the gospel and done the whole, you know, creationism versus, you know, all that, all that nonsense that you go through in high school. But um, it's, it, it has almost been what I haven't said rather than what I have said. Um, yeah, it's kind of the long-term attitude of your heart rather than saying, oh, there's this one passage that will really change your mind, I think, yeah. That's awesome. I don't think I need you guys to say anything more after that. It would kind of negate it really. Hey, thanks guys. Thank you very much for your contributions. I'll hand back to Jeremiah.